You are listening to Open Science Talk, the podcast about, well, open science. In this episode, we are talking about what it's like to live without the larger journal deals. In 2018, Sweden announced that they terminated their previous agreement with Elsevier and was without a deal until this year. We want to know how the library and researchers managed without, what they did and how they feel about the new deal they've made. My guest today is Cecilia Heyman-Widmark. She is a librarian working with open access and publishing at KTH, Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm, Sweden. Cecilia Heyman-Widmark, welcome to Open Science Talk. Thank you. I've invited you here because uh, I want to know a bit more about how uh, your library uh, at the KTH, uh, Royal Institute of Technology, um, have coped with uh, there not being in publishing deals. Um, could you tell us about uh, when that happened? How did you guys react? Yes, well, this was, um, as you all probably know by now, uh, we we are part of the BIPSOM consortium in Sweden and uh, who uh, decided to cancel the deal with Elsevier. And this was last summer. Uh, in June 2018. Uh, so this was kind of the same situation for all university libraries in, in uh, Sweden. Actually, I was not, at the time, I was not working at KTH. I had another job then at uh, another university library. But, and and this, the situation was quite similar there, actually. Uh, but I think, I think the librarians were very, very worried before the cancellation, uh, worried how the researchers would react. And uh, because, I mean, the Elsevier material is really heavily used at most university libraries. And uh, we had always, you know, said in the past, you could never cancel Elsevier, even if several people at KTH had actually asked me, couldn't we cancel uh, Elsevier because we, Elsevier was one third of our media budget and we had, in the past, we had some economic issues at the library. However, uh, well, the cancellation was a fact, but as we had, I mean, the archival rights to to the collection, uh, because Bibsam had negotiated these quite well, uh, we only lost access to the material published after 30th of June. Uh, So that meant that we would it would pass some time before we saw the the real effects of the cancellation. And uh, we were quite quick to implement uh, the service Get It Now in our system, library system, uh, meaning that, that the, the researchers and students could, for, for, without any cost for them, could uh, get Elsevier articles, newer Elsevier articles delivered to their email within an hour. Uh, so... so- how did uh, get it now that solution it's third party uh, uh, resource that you can uh, you buy them and then it is it within hours uh, can't it be also up to days no no uh, mostly within an hour yes it's a third party solution uh, and uh, it's it's like a one flat rate for the elsevier articles and copyright is cleared so that's included in the price and i think Yes, mostly within one hour, straight to the researcher email, so the library didn't have to intervene. So it, the delivery of the article doesn't have to pass the library. So I think, uh, I mean, we had some. It took some time for 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 people to 
discovered this service and we had some technical problems in the beginning, but you know, the word spread around the institution and, and in the end, when I checked like a week ago, KTH had ordered over 6,000 articles from Elsevier since the cancellation to a total cost of nearly 1.5 million Swedish kronos. So uh, how is that compared to your budget for when you had the Elsevier deal? Did you save money or? Yes, we saved a lot of money because, uh, yes, this is no secret. KTH has one of the more expensive uh, deals with Elsevier of the Swedish University Libraries and Uh, this is because of the price model, uh, which is based on how many print subscriptions did we have when we entered these big deals in the late 90s. And KTH happened to have a lot of printed elsewhere journals. So we have an expensive deal, roughly about 12 million Swedish kronos every year, only for elsewhere. So uh, what happened when you cancelled the deal for the researchers? How did they react? Because I know you've done a survey afterwards uh, and and have analyzed what kind of reactions uh, you got from researchers. What were they? Yes, uh, well, uh, the reactions that came straight to the library were not that many, uh, in fact. Uh, of course, you know, some people were, were quite upset, uh, but we had like a standard reply to these researchers where we explained the underlying principles and, and the, the the causes of the why we had cancelled. And I think most people understood because at the si- same time, uh, there's quite, they are quite aware of the, of the journal prices going up and, and, you know, Elsevier as a company and, and so on. So, but then we did a survey after, yeah, early this year, or in actually it was in May, June, where we did some more in-depth interviews with the researchers. And then we found out that they, I think quite a few of them were were, were very upset and then it, it had given them a hard time in the research because I, I remember one of the researchers and he explained how all his core journals within his research area was Elsevier journal. It was uh, in the area of transportation research. And he said, I mean, I, I can't write to my colleagues in other countries and ask for articles but because this area was a bit um, driven by by uh, uh, competition. So it was not so easy for him to just write to other authors and ask for articles. And he said, this is, has been a big problem. But he never, he, he didn't know about the Get It Now service. So I, I'm... I really don't know how he got hold of the articles. We didn't ask that specifically. I mean, of course, we asked how they had gotten hold of articles, but he wouldn't really tell us. So we suspect maybe he had used some illegal sites or so. Uh, But there were, um, when you didn't have a deal, uh, now you, of course, have a deal on uh, that's uh, starting uh, when it signed uh, from 2020. But uh, when you didn't have... Uh, a deal. Um, what uh, were the effect uh, of of the different solutions? Because you had browser plugins, you had um, you had uh, get it now, and you also advocated the use of uh, of uh, getting in contact with the authors. Were there any of those specific methods that stood out? I think the get it now was the was uh, the biggest success actually. Uh, but when we talk, when we did the interviews with the researchers, quite a few also 
could do, I mean, they could use the scholarly sharing. And uh, I think, yes, a lot of them also wrote to the two different authors around, as long as the authors weren't Swedish, they could, you know, usually get hold of a copy of the article. But they were also quite frustrated that when they had authored an article in an in an Elsevier journal themselves, they couldn't read their own article. And I'm not really sure that Elsevier provided them with a copy of the latest version, the, the accepted version. So that was a problem as well. But I think Get It Now solved a lot of issues. But we did have some technical problems uh, now and then with Get It Now. So it's not a perfect solution, but it, we could then help. If, as long as they contacted the library, we could help them with, you know, getting hold of stuff through interlibrary loans or doing the get it now manually and so on. Uh, so, so how was the, um, how did uh, this affect uh, the staff at the library? Uh, was it uh, more work uh, because of uh, you had to get articles different ways or how did they feel about it? I think, uh, yes, there was more work actually especially for the people who, who worked in the digital support team where all the emails end up because there, there were a lot of questions and issues, especially around Get It Now, but also maybe questions in general, you know, what do you, what should I, what should I do now? I, I can't get hold of my own article. Do you have any advice? And, but I mean, the amount of questions were, weren't enormous. We would have, we expected more questions than we actually got so but i think when we did these interviews talking to researchers i think they complained quite a lot within the research groups and at the institutions or departments but these complaints didn't necessarily reach the library uh, so tell us about this uh, this survey that you did uh, this uh, research that you did uh, was it a large group of researchers we contacted uh, actually it was my colleague Jordan Hamnin who who did the actual work but uh, he contacted around 900 researchers uh, by email who had all been in contact with us in some way around Elsevier and uh, we got very many positive answers to to doing an interview and he explained in the initial email what what it was all about and and i think the cancellation of elsevier stirred up quite a few feelings with researchers because i mean usually it's kind of hard to get researchers to get come to an interview but he he um we did 30 or around 30 interviews between 30 minutes and 1 hour uh, so they were kind of in-depth interviews and not not only surrounding the actual cancellation, it was also a few questions around, you know, Plan S and the BIPSUM principles and did they understand these principles and, yeah, how did you get hold of, it, of the article if it wasn't accessible? And also, you know, how do you, do you have you heard about Plan S? Do you know why BIPSUM cancelled? Do you understand this? Do do you understand what we want to achieve instead and so on? But I would say most of them hadn't really heard of Plan S, but they, but they knew about open access and open science, and most of them supported these thoughts. So um, you also uh, had some experience with what you would call marketing strategies or uh, ways of, of informing the researchers about what happened. Do you remember what you initially did there? I think this was at the time I, I wasn't 
working there right at that time, but uh, I, I know that they, well, there was information uh, through the web page and the library director also contacted all the different schools at KTH, so the management there, and we informed about alternative routes, routes to, to accessing articles, uh, like you were mentioning, uh, plugins in the browser and, and uh, uh, the Get It Now interlibrary loan, scholarly sharing and so on. I think we often kind of referred to that uh, that uh, piece of news on our webpage when we when we got questions uh, following the cancellation. But but it seems like your experience was that uh, initially uh, there were few requests or few um, researchers that acted. But in when you did the survey, it was actually it had been problematic for them. Yes, so I think. They did experience it as a big problem, especially within certain research areas. Uh, but they they really didn't contact us because we had information and they they understood about the the, the reason for the cancellation. And you know, we always also brought out the message that I mean, the ne- negotiations are ongoing and. They might take time, but you know we all hope for a new deal in the future. So it wasn't; they knew it wasn't going to be forever. So I think that helped also. Um, so uh, there's a new deal coming. Uh, I don't know if it has been signed by your library yet, but it's coming in 2020. Um, what do you think about that? I think we are all, you know, happy and relieved for the researchers nationally in Sweden that, that we will once again get access to Elsevier and not least, I mean, we will get 100% immediate open access publishing for all the Swedish authors. But also one important aspect to remember is, I mean, what we want to achieve in this whole open science movement is to reach 100%, you know, open access. And we want the, the, we want the publishers to change their models. So we'll see what happened in three years time. I mean, this new agreement is for three years, but I don't think we should just, you know, sit back and say now we're content with, you know, having this deal with Elsevier. I think uh, this is, we have just started and this is just, we're in a transition to, to open science. Um, Cecilia Heyman-Widmark, uh, it has been a pleasure. The same, <laughs> thank you. Hi everyone, this podcast is produced by the University Library at UIT, the Arctic University of Norway. Thanks for listening.